Okay, good evening. Let's start the malacha of Lush. I believe we finished last time Turchin and the malachas of medication, Rafu, etc. Next malacha which follows Turchin is malacha of Lush, which is kneading. So kneading is a quite a complicated malacha in terms of exactly what it entails. Obviously, kneading of dough is very simple. There's flour, there's water, and it comes together as a dough. The question is, how does that apply in other situations which are not exactly flour and water, but certainly can be included in the malacha of lush. So I think it's important to go back to the sod, to the concept of what lush is really all about, and then the application, I think, will follow as well. So the sod, the foundation of lush, of kneading, is really the same thing as flour and water. There's flour, water, which brings these small particles together. So you have many, many billions of small, tiny particles of flour, and the water brings it together. And the halacha is anytime you have something which is in many, many particles, I mean, brought together through an outside medium. Outside medium doesn't have to be necessarily water. That's obviously one example. Generally, it's not water. Water generally is not going to really bind things. Obviously, with flour, it does. It sticks it together. But in many cases, other things can be considered a binder. We'll see other examples. Right? It could be oil. It could be mayonnaise. It could be other things similar to that, which serve as a binder to bring things together. That is really the concept of lush. You have small particles brought together through an outside medium. That's the concept of lush. And we'll see other cases as we go along where that's going to apply. Certainly the case of flour and water is the classic case, but certainly many other cases which will apply as well. One, before we get into the details, one, I think, important point is that if there are big pieces that are somehow coming together on some level, but they're not really forming a mass. Probably the classic example of this is a potato salad. So it's potatoes, there's mayonnaise. Generally, potatoes are in a decent-sized chunks in a potato salad, and nothing really comes together. You have a salad, potatoes, many pieces of potatoes. There are mayonnaise, maybe other ingredients in there as well. Nothing actually comes together. Part of the reason why is because they're decently large-sized pieces, they're generally larger, and as a result, nothing really comes together. Because nothing becomes an entity, one entity, that's not a, it's not included in lush. Lush, by definition, needs to become one entity. And if they're not coming one because they're larger pieces and they're staying some, pretty much independent of each other, it's not going to be lush. Another example of that is coleslaw. Now, coleslaw is not such large pieces. They actually this pretty sliced, pretty thinly, but nothing comes together for the same reason, because it's not really the binding aspect doesn't happen. There's mayonnaise often mixed in there, maybe sugar, other ingredients. Nothing is actually bound together to become one. And because there's nothing which is forming a mass, at the, and the extreme example of a mass is a dough. You have flour, if water becomes a dough, it becomes one big mass of dough. In coleslaw, in potato salad, no mass is formed. It's not a mass which comes together and is formed as one. And therefore, it's not, it's not all included in lush. So lush, by definition, needs a mass. That's the result. The way to get to there is small particles with an outside medium. So the, again, the classic case is flour and water. You have flour, you have water. You have the flour coming together. The outside medium is the water. And the mass that's produced is the mass of dough. In coastal, you don't have that. Nothing comes together. In potato salad, nothing comes together. And therefore, no, those aren't going to be issues of lush. Some of the issues of lush obviously will be things similar to a oatmeal 
and farina and porridge, which are certainly classic cases of many, many pieces coming together, and they do form actually a mess. They become a porridge, becomes a oatmeal, etc. That obviously can be issues of, of Bishel as well, which we'll really discuss when we get to Bishel. But b- leaving aside the issues of Bishel for right now, the issues of Lush certainly are going to be very relevant when it comes to things like oatmeal and farina and porridge, which you bring together through an outside medium. Things as egg salad and tuna salad. Now it's interesting, egg salad is depending how it's made, but if it's made with mayonnaise and again, many, many particles of eggs, chopped up eggs, the outside medium is the mayonnaise, it brings it together. It does come together. Does it become really a solid mass similar to dough? No. But it does become a mass. That means the pieces all stick together, they come together, and now it would clump. It wouldn't actually, right, until now, if you had small pieces of egg, you turn it over, they all separate. They wouldn't separate anymore. They're really together, really as, as, as a mass. Maybe not one huge mass like dough, but it's still a mass. And that would be certainly an issue of lush. We'll see exactly how it can be done, if it can be done on Shabbos. Tuna salad, in some ways, is very similar. You have small pieces of tuna. The mayonnaise goes and brings it together with, as a binder. Again, not a mass in the same way as dough is. It does come together. And that's another classic case where lush would be involved. So we have oatmeal, we have porridge, tomato sal- um, tuna salad, egg salad. All these things are into the world of lush, and we'll discuss exactly how and if and when they can be made on Shabbos. Yeah? Meaning? Right, that would, that would still be lush. We're gonna, yeah, still be lush. Lush is going to apply. And the reason being is because when you pour water in, by definition, some parts of it gets mixed. Even if the whole thing doesn't, but right where you pour it gets mixed. And we'll see if the Gemara says clearly that is the first step in the process of lush as soon as you pour it in. The mixing stage, which would happen second, is going to be the taking it to the next level. The rest of it now is all brought together. So each one actually is going to be, each stage will be considered to be part of lush. So even just the pouring, itself, the pouring stage itself. Not a, I mean, it will also be an issue of lush. Correct. Correct. It doesn't have to be a food item. You generally deal with food items, but correct. Mud would be an issue of lush if you took sand and put water inside and made it into a mud pie, whatever you call it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely an issue of lush. Correct. What about if you were dabbing on cream? Say you have something, you're mixing two creams together. That would be an issue of lush? It, it can be, but... Not, not two creams together. I mean, two creams when there's no small particles coming together. Oh, right, just two, right, two things. In other words, if, if you have two, if you have mayonnaise and, and ketchup, it's not going to be lush because there's no, there's no particles. So lush, by definition, these particles that come together. Chrenes, whatever it's called in the world of culinary delights, is something which can be an issue of lush. When you have small pieces of chrene, they use it often mayonnaise to bring it together and make somewhat of a mess. We'll discuss that, that it can be an issue of lush as well. What about sugar and honey? Can you take like a teaspoon of So, so what happens? Honey? And what happens? Becomes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah? It, does, it bring, does it bring it together? I'm not sure. I just uh, guessed. I mean, I use, uh, I use zatar. You know what zatar is? Yeah. So if you put olive oil in it, is that lush? So people serve that. Right. So, so, right. so the no, way, again, I, I, I think usually spice. it just gets... Into the dispersed in the oil, it doesn't come. Nothing yeah, comes together. Of, uh, so yeah, if you put a lot of uh, zata, like yes. A, a if you make a paste, so yes, that would be an issue. Yes, yeah. So, so really depends. Right. So depends on what's that. again. That, that's where the criteria. Any yeah, paste. Yes. If you start if you start off with the particles like a spice, and then it's brought together as a paste, that's going to be lush. Yes. So anytime you start off with particles, 
and ending up with a mess. So if it's very liquidy, it's so that we'll see. That's we'll see. Depends how liquidy it is. We're going to see different cases depending how liquidy it's going to be. But there may be ways to make it which are not going to be violating lush. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them. It's Hashem. So let's go through the ways the Gemara talks about make, doing things which are potentially lush, and there are ways to do so on Shabbos. And what's fascinating is that we've mentioned this before. Sir Malachos is shinui. Doing things in an unusual manner does help. It makes it actually permissible. Often shini makes it just rabbanan. In lush, depending on which shini is employed, it can become even muta through a shini. So we're going to discuss exactly where a shini is necessary, what shini is acceptable, and exactly how it's going to be accomplished that it's going to be permissible on Shabbos. So the background the Gemara discusses, which is really the point that was brought up before, is that there are two steps to lush. There's what's called the pouring stage and the mixing stage. The pouring stage is the beginning part of the process of lush. Again, take the classic example of flour and water. If you just take water and pour it into flour, as soon as you poured it in, there were mixing that would start happening already. First moment. And then, obviously you start mixing it around and kneading it would bring everything else together. So the Gemara says each stage independently is forbidden. It means the pouring itself, because that's the start of the process. So if you did that pouring, let's say, even before Shabbos, and then just did the kneading, bring it together fully, also will be honest, because each stage independently is an issue which makes a lot of sense. Each stage is both accomplishing a binding together. But we'll see these two stages are very relevant when it comes to a shinui and what shinui is necessary. So there's the first pouring stage and the mixing stage. Now the Gemara says that the type of lush that we're dealing with can be one of three different levels of lush. There's a level of lush, which is doraisa, level of lush, which is darabanan, and a level which is not going to be an issue of lush at all. So the first thing, again, is the two stages. And then the question is, in each stage, are we dealing with the rice issue, or the rabbanon issue, or no issue with lush at all? So how do we know what's the rabbanon and what's the rice? And we'll see it's also particularly relevant in dealing with the shinui and what shinui is necessary. So the Gemara says as follows. If there's what's called a balila ava, balila ava literally means a thick mixture. That's dough rice. So thick would be, again, the classic example is dough. Anything which doesn't pour is considered thick. That's the definition of thick, something which clumps. If you took dough and you try to pour it out, it wouldn't pour, it would just clump out, it would just pop out. That's considered to be a thick mixture, which by definition is going to be doraisa. It's similar enough to the dough case, that makes it doraisa. If it is blila raka, which means it's a, literally translated as a soft mixture, a liquidy mixture, meaning it pours, that's drabaran. It's a lower level iser, it's only drabaran. Why? Because it's dissimilar enough to the case of dough, which is a thick mixture. This is obviously very different, it's much thinner, and therefore it's going to be drabanan. So now we know two levels, derives to drabanan, obviously both are asr, we'll see it does make a difference when we get to the shinuyim necessary and what's going to be required, but that's the two levels. And then the Gemara refers to a case with not lush at all. And this is an important point, because this will avoid the issue in the first place if you can get to this third level. Third level of lush is where you might throw particles, and maybe you start with water coming together, but, and this is the point you mentioned before, because it's so liquidy, it dissolves. Instead of coming together, it actually dissolves. As a result, you never get to lush. It's true you started off the process with small particles and water, which generally can form something which would be an issue of lush. And so much so, if you took a small amount of water and put it into, let's say, this mixture, it would become a paste. But if you put enough liquid in that actually now dissolves, Instead of becoming a paste, so you didn't get issue of lush at all. 
Therefore, just as a classic example, making iced tea mix on Shabbos, or lemonade, or cocoa, hot cocoa, any one of those things. You always start with particles, and then you add, whether it's milk or whether it's water, they're being added to the mixture. I'm not saying someone will do this, but for some reason, if a person would take some particles of iced tea mix and pour a small amount of water in and make a paste, right? the recipe calls make the paste first and then afterwards mix it together with something else, whatever it may look like. If that's what it would, that would be a classic Isholash. You couldn't do that. It means this, that first step of actually putting water inside of iced tea mix, which would create a paste, would not be mutret. That's a classic case of lush. But if you do what normally is done to make iced tea mix, you put a fair amount of water in at once, where it never actually becomes the paste, immediately the full amount of water goes in and it dissolves, totally permissible. No Isholash at all, because your beginning and your end never ended up in a mass or anything which came together automatically dissolved as a result. So therefore, any case that we're dealing with a large amount of liquid, particularly a liquid, which will have the ability to make it dissolve, will never become an issue of lush, which is why putting spices in, yes, you're starting off with small particles and you have an outside medium, which is the water, but it never obviously comes together. It just dissolves inside of the spices or it just floats around, either which one, but no issue of lush. So those are our three categories in terms of lush. We have derisive Rabbanan and so there's not a category of lush at all if it's going to dissolve. Now that we know the background, we can see the application. So we have these two pieces of background. Number one, we have two stages of lush. If it's the mixing stage and, the, and then the pouring stage, I'm sorry, the pouring stage, then the mixing stage. Those, that's, that's first background, background number one. Background number two is that we're dealing with a possibility of a derisive durabanan, pending thick or thin mixture, and we're leaving the case of where it's dissolving off the table because that's totally, totally fine, that's totally permissible, not an issue of lush in the first place. So now that we have these two backgrounds, the Gemara now discusses, okay, in a derisa case, it's obviously more serious. The Rabbanan case, less serious. If we're dealing with a Shinui, in a derisa, we're going to need a higher level of Shinui. The Rabbanan, lower level of Shinui. That's classically the way things apply in terms of the stringency and the strictness of how it's going to be applied. So the Gemara says, okay, what level Shinui is necessary for a derisa? Let's start with that one first. Blila Ava, Thick mixture, and some of the classic examples are oatmeal, the farina, egg salad is clearly a thick mixture, tuna salad, these are all thick mixtures, they don't pour. The only one that would be pourable, actually, if you made a oatmeal liquidy enough that it would pour. Okay, that would become drabana, and we'll see how to deal with that separately. But assuming these regular cases, the way we usually make them, is definitely derisive. So dealing with a high level of, a, of, a, of, a, of an issue, and it's potentially a derisive issue, and the Gemara discusses, okay, so what level shinu is going to be permissible and acceptable to allow it to do that? The Gemara says, okay, we just said before another point that you need to have, there's two levels. There's level of pouring, level of mixing. The Gemara says both of those st- stages need a shinui because each one independently is forbidden. If you did the, just the pouring by itself, it would be Asr on Shabbos, and therefore that needs a shinui. And if you did just the mixing on Shabbos, again, the example we said beforehand where you poured before Shabbos and then mixed it on Shabbos, also that will be independently Asr. So therefore the shinui is required in both stages, the pouring stage and the mixing stage. Okay, so just to clarify again, we have two stages, each one independently being Asr. Because dealing with the Doraisa, you definitely need a high level Shinui to make it permissible. So the Gemara now questions, okay, so what's considered a high level Shinui in the mixing stage, and what's called a high level Shinui in the pouring stage? When we're dealing with a Belilav with a thick mixture, what's going to be required, what's going to be necessary? The Gemara says as follows. In the pouring stage, when you do the pouring, there is very little you can do to make it so unusual. The most you probably could think of of doing is maybe pouring it in the backwards way you normally do it. 
Meaning, normally we take the, let's say, the uh, porridge and have and pour the water on top. Let's say it's a classic way you would do it. So the probably the most unusual thing you could do is do the opposite: put the water in first and then pour the porridge in. Something along those lines. Gemara says that for doraisa, for dealing with a doraisa with a blila ava, that is not sufficient enough. It's it's a shinoi. It's doing it somewhat unusual. It's not sufficient enough to make it shinoi. And the Gemara says therefore there is no permissibility of a blila ava in the pouring stage. Clear? No permissibility. You can't, you can't do blilava. Now that begs the question then. So is there any way of making a blilava? It's not like only if you put the ingredients in before Shabbos, which is unusual. Who puts the ingredients in before Shabbos, not before Shabbos, to do so? So is, there, is that a possibility of doing something which is going to be a blilava if you can't do any shimni, which makes it permissible? So this, here's the, there's, there's a, there's an important twist. Is it depends on what, depends what you're using. It's true. If we're using oatmeal and water, then there's really no solution. There's no way to make alis lachatchila, and we'll see there are certain cases of shaslatchak where we're dealing with children, etc., to make a thick oatmeal on Shabbos, a thick porridge for you on Shabbos. But in normal circumstances, there is no way to make any one of the stick mixtures on Shabbos when dealing with a liquid. For this reason, because there is no shinu which is sufficient in dealing with a thick mixture in the pouring stage. However, when dealing with something which they thicker binder, for example, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is a classic example. So imagine egg salad, and you put mayonnaise on top, and you're going to start mixing it. But we said each stage is separate. You put it in, and then you mix it. When you put mayonnaise in, nothing happens. It sits on top. Nothing actually gets mixed together. It's not like the liquid which starts seeping into the flour, or seeping into the porridge, or the oatmeal, and starts binding already. It sits right on top. Just sits there. Nothing actually winds together. You have a few pieces and they stick to it on the bottom. Nothing is becoming a real mess in this thing. It just sticks on, sits on top. So the post can say as follows: that when we're dealing with liquid, a liquid immediately in the pouring stage begins to create wash, create, brings, brings things together. It's not the case when dealing with mayonnaise or any other thick binders because when you pour it, when you pour it in, nothing happens. So you take mayonnaise and glob it onto your egg salad. Nothing happens. It just sits there on top. It doesn't seep in, it doesn't bring things together, it sits on top. Therefore, it's fascinating. Then dealing with a thick glob of, let's say, mayonnaise or anything similar to that, there is no issue of lush in the pouring stage. The Gemara said normally you have two stages which are both us are pouring and mixing. That's true in the classic cases, dealing with water and dealing with flour coming together and things of that nature. Because they're independently, of, in, in, of, the, of the mixing stage, the pouring stage itself brings it together. It is not the case in mayonnaise or any type of thick binder. So it comes out that there is no shinu necessary at all, mayonnaise with egg salad, mayonnaise with tuna fish, at least in the pouring stage, because nothing happens. Where is the shinu necessary? In the mixing stage. Because that obviously does happen, does come together, does bind together when it's being mixed together, and that's certainly is going to require a shinu. There the Gemara says, even for a blila ava, even for a thick mixture, there are shinui and there are unique ways of doing it that are substantially and qualitatively also unique and different and make it permissible. Okay, so let's go to the case of an egg salad now. Egg salad coming together through the mayonnaise, you put it in, no issue. Bringing it together is where our issue starts. So what shinui is necessary? So the Gemara says the classic shinui which can be employed is what's called shasieriv. Shasieriv Literally translated means the warp and the woof. Warp and the woof is just 
uh, warp pull offers. Warp pull offers the and a, and a weaving and a weaver and a loom. Thank you. And a loom. There's two ways that the th- threads go. I don't know which one's which. One way is the one way is the warp. One way is the woof. Right? You know which one's which. Okay, I don't know. vertical. One of those, one of them. Anyway, but that's what the Gemara just says. Is, is the Gemara is referring to? I think Gemara is just giving a, a example of things that go horizontally and vertically, and the mixing stage can be done. It's what's called shasiyev, horizontally and vertically. What does that mean? Normally, mixing is done around and around. That's the way, best way to mix things. The simplest way to mix things. The easiest way to mix things. You mix it around. Gemara says if you do shasiyev, which means you go up, across, up across, up, across. That is a very, very significantly unusual way of doing it. It's going to take much longer. Probably eventually you can get it as mixed as we do with round and round. It'll take you certainly much longer to do that. It certainly looks very peculiar. It looks very different. And that's the more says is a sufficient shinui for even a blilava, even a thick mixture, in the mixing stage. And that's going to be the simplest way, most classic way, a person wants to make egg salad on Shabbos. So the pouring, again, no issue. The mixing should be done shesiyeriv, up, down. Now you can move over, it doesn't have to be the same place over and over again, it's not going to happen. It won't come together, it's the same place over and over again. So you can move first, you just do first horizontally, vertically, etc. You can move over as you're doing it either way. But again, the direct, you never do a circular direction. It's always chassis and then eriv. The proper way the post can say is taking the fork out in between each time. So going one way, taking it out the other way, taking it out other way, taking it out other way. Again, it's somewhat cumbersome, it's somewhat time-consuming, and somewhat unusual, but that's the point. It's done in a very unusual manner, and obviously the other option is doing it before Shabbos, and then making the exile before Shabbos, that's really the other option. But doing it on Shabbos, this would be the, the correct way of doing it, Shesi, Erev, Shesi, Erev. That's the simplest, most classic way of doing a shini, which is going to work, even in Lava, Tuna salad will be the same thing, you put tuna, you put the mayonnaise in, nothing happens when you put the mayonnaise in, but the mixing of the mayonnaise, which makes it into the mass, chassis, erev, chassis, erev, chassis, erev, in order to bring it together, and that's the, the combining aspect is going to be through, through chassis, erev. Yeah? What if it was, I made it before Shabbos, and then on Shabbos, I, I took it out of the fridge, and it's not separated a little, but like, needed a little mixing. So, so what happened? I don't know, sometimes like, it sits in a bowl, it just needs to like, be, become mixture. So like, is, 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 is that... I guess we absorb, right? Like some of it separates a little bit. Like. Is, it at, is it actually out of the mixture? Um, do, do you see it's separate from the mass? If it's not separate no, from the mass. It's still a mass. So, right. question, like, if yeah, I have if, that mass, I think it's yeah. out of mass, no? But the mass is still a mass. Right. So, right. If, if it's all that happens, some liquid separated from and blows yeah. to that, that's totally fine. And I hear it's normal. Yes, right. why? And the reason why is because there the opposite is happening. In other words, okay. the liquid, right, the liquid you're, if anything, you're de right, lushing, right? De right, right, You're making it less of an issue of lush, and therefore that, that's totally fine because you're lowering the mass instead of hiring it. So if it's just dealing with extra, and anytime you put extra liquid in, it's always fine. Put it straight, straight in, mix it normally because nothing actually is happening there. And I can even put it in water. Correct. Correct, because it's already, already became a mass. So I made oatmeal before Shabbos. Correct. Right. It's already a mass. So that means the mass is made fully already. All you're doing now is just is, is diluting it right. and breaking it down. So the diluting is never initial That's the opposite of and That's fine. So as long as the, the mass is fully done, if the mass was separate, which is hard to manage them separate, right. that, that would be an issue to reconstitute it. But to just re um, mix in the liquid, which, that, that's fine. Okay, okay so. That's really, it's, it's an important point. So this, the second shinu the Gemara mentions is actually using your hand, even not chassi erev. 
Gemara says you can do with your hand. As, so, depending, depending when, in, in, in kneading of dough, that, that's correct. But in other things, not correct. When you're mixing, uh, turn the eggs out. Oh, so, so no, so, so the, but the, we cannot use a glove. Yes, yes, literally hands. Yes, the post can say if you use a glove, that's normal already because in, in catering situations and mass things, they always do things. There's always things. So that would not be that would not be considered to be. But doing without a glove, right? But what if I wear gloves every time I do a mixture like that? Even so, meaning like. But still, it's not unusual then. Again, the whole point is that that's, it's clearly is unusual, different than, it's, than normally is done. That's normally the way it's done with gloves, gloved hands. And the whole point is to do it unusual. So doing it with without gloved hands would not be considered unusual, and that's going to be a problem. So doing it without gloved hands, like I'm not going to recommend it. If someone wants to do so, and uh, people might not eat it, and might, might have issues with that, so <laughs> cannot recommend it necessarily as a means of doing so. But that is another option. That's why I said the first option is probably simpler, even more hygienic. Um, generally, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, normal, normal you can make kalan job, anyantif. You can, yes, you can do... From regular, you can do it in, in, in a regular stage as long as it's for tzorach al as long as it's for food. You can't do the mud pies, but you can do, but they can do the, uh, the lush for food purposes, yes. So this is, the, this is the classic way, and this is again dealing with thick mixture where you have no issue during the pouring stage and only issue during the mixing stage. This classic way of doing a chassis eriv, and that's going to be the classic way of mixing it together, and that's going to make it fully permissible to do on Shabbos if those two shneim are employed. So next week we'll discuss the thinner mixture, which is relevant sometimes as well, and thicker mixtures. We don't have the option like mayonnaise where nothing happens. Right? Is there any way of doing it? Is there a possibility at all of doing something which is going to be come a thicker mixture and does mixture in the pouring stage? It seems to be there's no option. We'll see in certain shasat chaks and certain cases where it's uh, of, of certain necessity can be permissible. Generally, it's not going to be a, a way which is permissible. We'll see that more next week. Have a wonderful evening.